Welcome to our second series of Venturing Out. We are glad to have you back. My name is Dylan Fontaine, and I will be co-hosted by Grace Smith. If you haven't already, give our last series with Ellie Miner Shagan a listen. In that series, Ellie tells her story as a student entrepreneur and provides insight into steps you can take. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Reviews help us understand how we can continue to become better. If you want to stay up to date with our podcast, you can follow us on Instagram by searching Baylor Venturing Out or LinkedIn by searching Venturing Out Podcast. In this series, we will have an all-around discussion about serial entrepreneurship. And you're probably asking, well, Dylan, what is serial entrepreneurship? Well, entrepreneurship.com defines serial entrepreneurship as an entrepreneur who continuously comes up with new ideas and starts new businesses, as opposed to a typical entrepreneur who will often come up with a single idea, start the company, then see it through and play an important role in the day-to-day functioning of said company. Serial entrepreneurship is tough, and it takes a specific person to endure the pressure of being a serial entrepreneur. These individuals often must be resilient, charismatic, detailed, curious, and possess a whole lot of grit. And we are incredibly thankful to know one of these individuals. We have our own serial entrepreneur, and in this series, we will be speaking with Gib Reynolds, your friendly, neighborhood, breakfast taco-loving, jujitsu fighting mountain-biking serial entrepreneur, and you've already heard a little bit about Gib from our last series because Gib is Ellie's professional mentor. Now, let me formally introduce him. As a serial entrepreneur and part-time educator, Gib is passionate about empowering aspiring entrepreneurs. He currently teaches undergraduate courses for the Department of Entrepreneurship and Corporate Innovation at Baylor University and serves as the director of the 1846 Student Incubator. He also works in the community as the capital access manager for the Kiva Hub in Waco, where he assists small business owners and entrepreneurs in raising 0% interest microloans to support and grow their business. And when he isn't in the classroom, working on his next venture, or consulting with other small businesses, you can find Gib mountain biking throughout Cameron Park or playing jiu-jitsu at his local academy. Welcome, Gib. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Before we dive deeper into your experience, is there anything else that you'd like to tell us about yourself? Yeah, that's great. So I grew up in Richardson, Texas, just north of downtown Dallas. Um, And I came to Baylor in 2008. Uh, Very honestly, I didn't know anything about Baylor except that I'd come here uh, on a church summer camp when I was in seventh grade. I knew that the food at one of the dining halls was really good. So I made my college decision based on dining hall food which, I don't know, it worked out really well for me. Um, But yeah, I I was really attracted to Baylor because they had a program in entrepreneurship. When I was a senior in high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. My dad is an entrepreneur, and so I saw the lifestyle that he was able to live. And I, uh, I don't know, I really enjoyed that. Like, it gave me freedoms as a child and gave him a lot of freedoms as a business owner. And I thought I wanted to study management, right? Management, right, you manage a business. But when I found out about the premise of entrepreneurship... And that Baylor was ranked, I don't know, top five, top ten in the world. It seemed like a natural fit. I got into the school. I knew they had good food. They had a major that fit what I wanted to do. Like, what could go wrong? Um, 
So yeah, it was it was really interesting um, coming to Waco. I'd you know been here once before. Um, ended up falling in love with this city. I actually got to do my master's degree in Austin, specifically in entrepreneurship. And a couple days after I graduated, I got a call asking me to come back to Waco to teach one class uh, as an adjunct at Baylor with one of my former professors, which was a really cool opportunity. And that kind of um, concurrently aligned with me raising money to start my first like venture-backed company. So been in Waco for almost 12 years. I love it here. I'm still a part of Baylor. Really fortunate. I met my wife there. Like it's it's a really good spot. And so mm-hmm. yeah, thanks thanks for asking. And Waco's home now. My parents have moved here, so this is where my whole family is, and that's that's kind of neat. Wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. You've talked a little bit about Waco and Baylor. Can you share a little bit more about your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. So I started my first company when I was, I guess, maybe a sophomore in college. Um, there's this energy drink that I really loved, um, and feel free to laugh because this is this is going to be a fun story. Um, called Balls, they I know right. I mean it's silly. They primarily catered towards gamers and kind of this unique niche, right? Very different than Monster. It was actually like highly caffeinated soda, so it didn't have like the acidic taste of energy drinks and you know that kind of stuff. Uh, but the business went bankrupt. And all of a sudden, I couldn't find this energy drink that me and my friends liked. And so I contacted the company um, and ended up getting to set up like a resale and distribution business that operated in North and Central Texas. Um, I got a lot of experience in that because I was totally beholden to my suppliers. And when they couldn't get stuff, or actually two of them went out of business, in the course of me running this kind of first company, uh, I learned a ton about the struggles and hardship of starting a business, the requirements of capital, etc. Um, I will say it was really fun that I got to talk to about 500 Baylor freshmen about a company called Bear Balls in one of their classes. Um, I'm really glad that wasn't recorded or something like that because it was interesting. <laughs> um, but the, the reason I bring that up is it really gave me my first taste of teaching as well. And I know that's something you know we might get to talk about, um, especially you know how I get to interface with student entrepreneurs. But Terry, go back to my entrepreneurial journey. So um, I started beer balls because I wanted those energy drinks, and I did not make very much money at it, but I definitely had a steady supply of energy drinks anytime I wanted. Um, but my senior year of college, I got the chance to uh, start a business with two of my good friends, both also serial entrepreneurs, and I think really um, strong men that I got to get to know, uh, with with some money from Baylor. So Baylor actually invested $4,000 into one of our ideas. Um, I think they got like a 10% equity stake, and they trusted the three of us to kind of figure out what we wanted to do. And so we started... Uh, a business called My Wedding Connector. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know where to start with My Wedding Connector. <laughs> um, rule number one of entrepreneurship, don't start something you're not passionate about. Uh, and like starting a business because you can make a ton of money doesn't necessarily pan out because unless you have the commitment, desire, and passion to do something, you're probably not going to stick around when things, you know, until things get profitable. So yeah, the, I mean, the next business I started, basically we were really good at utilizing Google search engine marketing to buy the information of brides-to-be that were planning their own weddings and then selling that information to a variety of photographers, videographers, event planners, etc. Um, really trying to get them to bid on this business and we could make a healthy margin because right? we understood how to efficiently kind of pay-per-click market and then sell that for a lot more. Um, it was 
seemed like a really cool idea. We had a lot of, I'd say, early traction. A lot of brides really liked it, but we forgot who our customers were, which were the photographers, videographers, etc. And so we kind of had a two-sided platform where we were good at one side and not good at another. And so we decided to go to a wedding convention to go meet a whole bunch of these service providers. And I would say in about five minutes, we realized we were in the wrong business. Um, three straight Christian dudes from Baylor should not be trying to start a wedding planning company. Like if we were married, maybe it would mean something more to us. But gosh, we, we were not prepared. Um, and it was great because, again, I got the opportunity to start something and realize I didn't enjoy it. And move on to something else. And I got to bring all kinds of lessons learned about passion, commitment, choosing an industry I actually want to operate in, um, and realizing there's easy ways to test some of those things before you commit um, a whole bunch to it. So, um, yeah, gosh, so I bounced from my wedding connector. Uh, I ended up graduating from Baylor and got the chance to go to the Acton School of Business, get an MBA in entrepreneurship. It was the most competitive program um, in the nation at the time. And the idea that I kind of approached the school with was um, a chance to build a hydroponic lettuce farm. So one of the things that is a really fun part of my story is I get to start a business with my dad. When I was in college, he was looking at how to apply his background in information technology to an underserved industry in food production. There's a huge opportunity to kind of um, to, to add technology to make things more efficient, more um, sustainable in terms of resource uses and stuff like that. And so as I was a student at Baylor, I kind of thought, you know, it was an interesting idea, but didn't really know if I wanted to commit to it. Um, but I approached Act and said, hey, I want to do this, and I think it could be somewhere in Texas. And so I carried that project through the entirety of my studies there and ended up raising, I don't know, between half a million and a million dollars from a venture capital group and a bank to work with us uh, on building that in Waco, Texas. So I founded a company, or co-founded a company really, called Urban Produce that was like the premier lettuce production company in Central Texas. We worked with HEB and Cisco Foods and were able to service hundreds of grocery stores um, and a whole bunch of restaurants and kind of higher end places like that. Um, and it was cool. By the way, I don't know if you've seen it. There's no trend in anything that I've started. Like I went from energy drinks where I, I just personally enjoyed them. I started a business that I probably shouldn't have, but I was trying to learn about the internet. Um, and then out of nowhere, I decided to go be a farmer, but not only a farmer, raise a bunch of money to be a farmer. Um, the rationale behind that was really simple. There was a huge market opportunity. We had customers already lined up that said, if you can produce these kinds of products, we would love to buy them from you. Um, and... Like 98% of lettuce that we eat in Texas is grown in California or Arizona, shipped to Waco, shipped throughout Texas, actually even further east. Um, and so we thought, why not disrupt that supply chain, build something here for distribution around here, um, and by the way, grow it without pesticides or fungicides so people know that what they get from us is healthy, sustainable, really resource efficient. Um, yeah, I got a, a great education in deal flow and negotiation out of that. It was a really capital-intensive business. And so as we'd proven the concept but needed to raise more money to really scale, we realized that we would have to dilute our founding team so hard that it really wasn't worth doing. And so maybe I could have raised more money up front. Maybe I could have structured deals differently. But I got a great education over the course of four years of physically framing out our building and like building it by hand and then getting to run it every day. Um, I was super fortunate that Baylor continued to hire me as a teacher during that time. So I had a part-time job in the classroom 
and then a full-time or like maybe two full-time jobs being an entrepreneur. Um, but I get to bring the lessons that I was literally learning that day into the class. And for me, that really um, highlighted this like dual role that I so much enjoy in my life. Being in the classroom, being a teacher, being an entrepreneur, um, and getting to run things for myself. Um, gosh, I mean, there are more businesses. Do you want to hear them? I mean, if you'd like to share them, I think we can probably tap into that with some other questions, too. Well, so I will say, so I left the greenhouse business. I ended up buying a food truck that operated the Magnolia Silos with a group of guys that I got to know. They were actually customers of my lettuce farm. We had to buy a business together. Um, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. Going from being a food producer to like a, gosh, I don't know, a restaurant in a box was a total shift in what work looked like. And I learned a lot from that. Um, I ended up leaving that to go get my first full-time job. I worked for Baylor for eight months. I think I quit the second week. Uh, there was a big event that I stepped in to kind of fill a role for. And I, they were like, so do you think you'll do this again next year? And I'm like, we're months away and no. Like, I, we need to find someone to replace me. Um, and it's because it felt so confining. I, I enjoy working hard. And, you know, this, this program was really important, but I wasn't working for myself. Um, and so I've kind of gone on from then. I've started some other companies. I've gotten to do a lot of consulting work. Um, and I think COVID has been a really big disruptor in the world. And so right now I get to dedicate all of my energy really in the classroom um, and mentoring students, which is awesome. But I know like the next business I start is somewhere in the near future. I just don't know what it is. And until the world returns more to normal, I'm thankful that I have the chance um, to educate, inspire, and hopefully encourage students to start businesses now so that they don't have to go get jobs or kind of go through some of the wrestling. Like I, It was interesting. I literally felt miserable at a desk job. I was paid better than I'd ever been paid as an entrepreneur. I had health insurance, like all of these things that I know were perks, but in my heart, I felt like I was making a mistake. Yeah. And I'm glad Baylor hired me to do other stuff. But yeah, desk job life is not the life for me. Let's take a break to talk about you. Again, thank you for joining us today. You are an integral part in what we are able to do here. Are you a leader, an innovator, somebody who is curious to learn? We know you are, or else you wouldn't be here. Reach out to us on social media or email us at baylorventureout at gmail.com and tell us what you're passionate about. We love to hear what you're interested in. You are also incredibly important in growing our community. If it makes sense, share this episode with one of your friends or use it as a tool to network with mentors or other entrepreneurs in your community. We thank you for listening. And I know you shared all the different avenues you've kind of experienced with. What do you think maybe was your favorite company you've started and why? So honestly, like being a lettuce farmer was the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. I think I might ever get to do work-wise in my life. Um, I joke that there's a reason farmers send their kids to college so they're not farmers anymore. Uh, it's a ton of work. But to produce something tangible that I knew that people could eat and like benefit them health-wise was really cool. Uh, like I also mentioned, I got to start it with my dad. And so it was this kind of hybrid a family business. So he and I were kind of the co-founders. My younger brothers worked for us. Um, and then we raised money from an investment group. So it was this interesting, like, family business, other people's money-backed startup that, like, not only did I learn a lot from, but, I mean, if I won the lottery today, I would quit 
all the stuff I'm doing and just garden and farm more. Like it was, <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I loved it. Um, the business still exists. It's like in operation, I don't know, a couple miles from where we're sitting now, which is really fun too. Like I'm not a part of it, but it still is an operation. Um, and I would, don't think I'd go back to the way that we were doing it then. It was, again, I just learned a lot of lessons. It's very expensive, very efficient. Um, but yeah, like, man, farmer life. I didn't think I'd love it, but I did. Yeah. Do you think that would be the most challenging too, or do you have a different one in mind? You know, if I had to think like, I mean, very candidly, the worst idea I ever did was my wedding connector. And it's not because the idea was bad. The right person would have done really well, but I just didn't have the heart to kind of endure through the difficult times. But I'm so glad I learned that lesson as a student because I had a safety net around me. So, I mean, like realistically, least favorite company or like dumbest idea. I, I mean, I wonder if the other guys would agree, but like for me personally, that was that was pretty bad. Um, but if you want to talk about like most difficult, yeah. I mean, raising money from other people um, puts all kinds of expectations on a business that uh, like I don't want to say it wasn't successful, but we weren't as successful as we probably should have been. And that was a hard lesson to learn. Um, it also taught me that I hope to bootstrap the stuff that I do in the future. I don't know, you know, if that'll always work out or if I'll financially feasibly be able to do that. But yeah, I, I learned a whole lot through that. So it was also the most difficult, but it was the most rewarding and I'd go back to it if I could. Yeah. After kind of diving into all the different companies you've started and been a part of, what do you think has been your most favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Um, Working 80 hours a week to make half as much money as I would <laughs> if I worked 40. Um, yeah, I, I like I I mean this in the most positive way. I think entrepreneurship is kind of a bug. Like it's kind of a sickness. It's grueling work. You're responsible for everything, whether it works or doesn't. Right, success or failure, you own. Um, but there's something freeing about having the ability to bring an idea into creation. Um, and then put your energy and effort behind that. And even if it doesn't work out, I think I, like, I have grown so much from failures and like the incremental successes I've already had. Um, and so, so I think that's the majority of what I like about it. But there's also a control over time. Like I do, I made the 80-hour work week joke. Like I think you work a lot more, but I think there's a little bit of variability in it. Like if I don't show up at 8 o'clock, it's not the end of the world. Uh, I might not be done at five, but that's okay because there's some flexibility kind of built into that, um, which is really appealing. I, I don't know. I have a problem with authority, and so I, I don't need a boss. <laughs> I want to be my own boss, and I need good people to hold me accountable. Yeah. You've mentioned a little bit previously about your new endeavors that you're a part of. How are they kind of different than being an entrepreneur? Yeah, so um, – Standing behind like a podium and lecturing students is almost the opposite of being an entrepreneur uh, in a lot of ways. But I'm thankful I'm getting to teach classes in entrepreneurship. So while I'm not actively participating, like my roles right now are kind of um, three parts. So I teach a couple classes in the business school, one of which is very much entrepreneurship focused. And so I'm encouraging students to start companies. I'm bringing my experience, my perspective in. And so I'm still getting to kind of check that box a little bit. Um, the second thing that I do is I get to run a student incubator, which if anyone has a business on Baylor campus, my help is they'll come to me, kind of come to our, our part of the business school for help, encouragement, resources, opening doors, whether that's on campus or in the community of, you know, of Waco, kind of greater Waco. 
Um, and then the third thing that I get to do, which is arguably the most fun, uh, because I can see the impact every day, is I get to help small businesses in Waco through uh, an international nonprofit called Kiva raise money to help launch and grow their ideas. And these are people who historically aren't going to have access to debt to grow their businesses. And by rallying other people in our town to fund their ideas and kind of do this like social microloan fundraise program, um, we've gotten to see a bunch of companies grow and open new locations or buy new food trucks, hire a bunch of employees and actually write a training manual. Like these little things that I've learned how important they are by doing it and making mistakes on my own. So like not only do I get to encourage and share with students and people, but now I have a real tool to help them grow and do stuff. So um, the neat part is it all touches entrepreneurship, even though I'm not actively trying to found or grow or launch a new business right now. And so I still feel like I'm doing something that aligns with who I am. It's just a slightly different expression. And I'm sure I'll go back to being an entrepreneur soon, but for now, this is great. You know what a common theme is that that I've listened to and I've heard from you is really this passion for service. Um, I mean, talking about even just urban produce, how you had said you love creating something tangible that will help others die or help them eat healthier, be better. And then you've gone on to direct the incubator program and teach entrepreneurship. And now you're working with Kiva and helping other entrepreneurs secure finances so that they can go and explore their passion. Is that true? Like, is that really what you're passionate about is service? So when I was at Acton, um, by the way, I'm not good at finance. And yeah. we had a class called Life of Meaning, which was way harder than any finance work that I did. Because the question that we were kind of presented um, over the entire program was, how do you live a life of meaning? And I was 22 when I went through, 23 when I graduated. Uh, I didn't have a lot of experience under my belt. But I went straight from college into that. But I realized there's three things that I really enjoy. One of them is getting to create new businesses, hopefully employing people um, and doing, doing good. One of them is getting to share those lessons with people, especially students. Um, and another was like being involved in my community, you know, getting to live a fulfilled life through solid relationships. And I always assumed I would spend a ton of my time on the business front. And then when I was 50... And super wealthy, right? Go give some money to school and go teach a class, right? Or, yeah. or like be involved in my community. And somehow I got to do all of those things almost from the day that I graduated, um, getting to be in the classroom and start businesses. And I haven't left Waco. And so I'm becoming more and more part of this community. And now getting to support others, I really get to do it. Yeah, like it's so weird to hear you phrase it that way because I don't think of my passion as service. Um, because I wouldn't use those words, but I think the underlying intent of all of them is to serve others, whether it's through a business that I found, whether it's knowledge that I get to share other people that I get to support and lift up. Um, and that's, I mean, like hearing you say that, like, that's the life that I want to live. So yeah, I guess, I guess that really is the focus. Yeah. I know you've touched a little bit on mentoring and working with Baylor students from a cash perspective. What do you think are some of the coolest student run companies that you've gone to work with? Okay, it's neat because I've had some students like actually sell companies and make some money, wow. which has been really cool. I mean, really encouraging to see a person in their early 20s like exit something. Um, I think the, the most successful version of that that I've seen, um, my very first semester of teaching, a group of students got to start a company called Dapper Bear. Basically, 
uh, over the course of like 10 years, Baylor had commissioned this custom um, plaid pattern, right? Green and gold kind of interlocking that was going to embody the story of Baylor. And they got exclusive rights to take that and commercialize it. And so they made ties and scarves and pocket squares, you know, high-end fashion accessories. And this was also the same time that Baylor was just doing phenomenal in football. Mm -hmm. Baylor was playing in a bowl game at Dallas. Um, and so they drove from Waco to Dallas and sold tens of thousands of dollars of this product to alumni at the game. Like, you're not going to wear a tie at a game, but they're like, heck yes, we want Baylor gear. They were able to actually, uh, one of those students bought the other partners out. He and his twin brother really took and grew this company. And they were able to sell it for, I, I mean, I, I think north of 100K, like a couple years later. And so to see them like start a business, buy his partners out, like what a whole lesson involved in that, work with his twin brother to grow and decide, oh my gosh, we can exit this and go on to do some other stuff. He's also a serial entrepreneur. I think he's on his like third company, just finished law school. Like it's so cool to see how that one student business turned into like truly a path for life. So yeah, I mean from a cash perspective, that was great. I mean they they did really well. Yeah. Yeah. And on the other side of things, what about like just a cool student idea? You know, it's it's cool because students often hold, I think, their coolest ideas. Um outside of class projects. And so the student who's impressed me the most um, is probably a, a guy named Alex LaRue. Uh, I don't remember the business that he did in my, my entrepreneurship elective, but it's not nearly as cool as what he's doing now. Um, he's figured out how to 3D print homes and so is trying to like help people that are either experiencing homelessness, primarily I think right now in like South and Central America, like how to go literally build them homes that you can 3D print over the course of a day or two and like create dwellings and change lives. And I, like, I don't remember the business that he did, but to see like what he's really passionate about has been so encouraging. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean like to me, it's those kind of experiences where it's like, I don't know if I played a 0.5% role in encouraging or sharing some of my lessons, but I'm so glad I got to interface with someone who has a heart to do something as big and kind of world-changing as that. I think you should work with Elon Musk and build homes on Mars, but it's a whole different <laughs> maybe. It's yeah. Maybe in a decade, right? right. Who knows? We're here. Hey, Gib. Thanks so much for sharing your experience with us today. Um, we really enjoyed our conversation, and we're glad you're able to join us for this series on serial entrepreneurship. We've just about run out of time for our first episode. We want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, join us in two weeks for our next episode with Gib, where he will elaborate more on his experience as a serial entrepreneur and how you could position yourself similarly. Stay up to date with Venturing Out by following our Instagram at Baylor Venturing Out. Um, also, we are looking for sponsors for our next series, and if you would like to be a sponsor for Venturing Out, reach out to us through our social media. Sponsors help us stay online and provide us with the opportunity to connect you all to all of our unique speakers. Again, Gib, thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.